Welcome to the Rhema Young Adults Podcast, where we focus on developing a God-centered life. We're so glad you are here, and our hope is to see young adults grow and take steps in their walk with God. We hope you enjoy this message. You guys, what? Like, that song just takes me there. I was leaning over to Pastor Danita and I said, this song just, it just takes me there. And I really want to talk about this song a little bit within my message. How many of you came ready to hear? How many of you have a notebook? How many of you have a phone with notes? Okay, I prefer a notebook, but if you have a phone with notes, that's going to work. Okay, so I want you to engage. I want you to write some things down tonight. But if you remember the last time that I spoke, the last time I spoke, it was in January, and I taught on the title of a sermon called Giving God the Glory. Giving God the Glory. And I talked about there from uh, uh, Romans chapter 11 there at the end. It says that how unsearchable are his ways. Who can know his thoughts? Who can teach him? Nobody knows his ways. But I love this. It says, for from him and through him and to him are all things. He deserves all the glory. How many know that God deserves all the glory? Come on, let me hear from you tonight. Who knows God deserves all the glory? And I love how that passage of scripture dives right in. It doesn't really stop. He, uh, Romans chapter 11 goes right into Romans 12. There's no gap. And it says, I beseech ye therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God. How many know God's been merciful to you? Come on, if you are here tonight and you got breath in your lungs, God has been merciful to you. Come on, if you're in college and, man, you're getting a degree, come on, God has mercy on you. He has a plan for your life. I'm telling you what, we see, serve a good faithful, all-knowing, all-powerful God. And guess where he chose to dwell? Right here, right on the inside of you. How many know you got a God living on the inside of you? How many know you got the God living on the inside of you? Come on, greater is he that is in me than he who is in the world. And if my God be for me, come on, then who can be against me? Come on, even when the wicked came against me and my enemies came against me, even they stumbled and fell. For you, you prepare a table for me in the presence of my enemies. Listen, I fear no evil. I fear no evil because I got the God, Yahweh, Jehovah Jireh, Jehovah Rapha, Jehovah Shammah. He's on my side. He lives in me. I don't know. I feel like I'm preaching to myself tonight. How many of you know you got God living on the inside of you? Come on, God's living on the inside of you. And here it says this, that we, he deserves all the glory, everything that we have in this life. And it goes into there, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you offer yourself you offer yourself. He doesn't want goats and bulls and doves no more. He wants you. He wants you to die to you. No longer being you, he wants to replace you. Amen? He don't want you no more. Because you know, how many know you is not good? Me is not good. Right? We, we, we can't make the best decisions and choices for our life. God knows what's best. He wants to decapitate your soul and he wants to put his head in its place. Does that make sense? He's the head. We are the body, meaning we don't decide for ourselves. We listen to him and he tells us what to do. And then guess what? We just say, yes, sir. He says, run, I run. He says, walk, I walk. He says, jump. I say, Lord, how high? It's about what he wants, right? He says, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you offer yourself a living living sacrifice, holy, 
acceptable and pleasing. Come on, not all sacrifices, not all worship is pleasing. And not all worship is holy. But he wants a sacrifice, a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable, and pleasing unto him. That you be not conformed to this world. You're not supposed to look like the world. You're not supposed to look like everybody that you're going to college with. You're not supposed to look like everyone you go to school with. You're supposed to look like Jesus. So therefore it says, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed. Transformed by the renewing of your mind. And there's only one place that you can intentionally and I would say the right way renew yourself and that is in the word of God. Transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove that which is the perfect will of God. How many of you want to know what the perfect will of God is? So giving God the glory in and through our lives is extremely important. It's not just about what we say, it's about how we live. Because we know that God is aware of people who honor them with his, their lips, but their hearts and actions are far from him. James said it best, he said, faith without works is dead. Meaning you say you believe, but your actions don't show me you believe, so therefore it's dead. It means absolutely nothing. And we got a lot of Christians, unfortunately, saying they believe, saying they love God, but the Bible says, if you love me, you'll keep my commandments. So you say you love me, but then you go and do what you want. It don't line up. So the true way that we give God glory is when we do what he asks of us to do. When we do what he asks us to do. So I want to talk about the glory of God. This is like a prerequisite to the last message. I should have preached this one first before I did that one. But are you guys okay? Go to Revelation 4. Oh, yeah, we're going to Revelation, y'all. We're going to Revelation. Hold on. Just put on your seatbelt buckle. Okay, we're going in deep. Revelation chapter 4, 1 through 5. You guys are quiet. I know. I'm intense. I can't help it. I just got to do it. Are you guys okay? Okay, good, because I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to preach it how I feel it anyways. Okay. Revelation chapter 4, it says, After these things, I looked and behold a door standing open in heaven. And the first voice which I heard was like a trumpet speaking with me, saying, Come up here. Everybody say, Come up here. Come up here, and I will show you things which must take place after this. Immediately I was in the Spirit, and behold, a throne set in heaven, and one sat on the throne. And he who sat there was like jasper and a sardius stone in appearance. And there was a rainbow around the throne in appearance like emerald. Around the throne were 24 thrones, and on the thrones I saw 24 elders sitting clothed in white robes, and they had crowns of gold on their heads. And from the throne proceeding lightnings, thunderings, and voices, seven lamps of fire were burning before the throne, which are the seven spirits of God. Verse, go to verse 8. The four living creatures, each having six wings, were full of eyes around and within, and they do not rest day or night. They ain't got no bathroom breaks, okay? They ain't taking a pause, but all... Eternity long, singing, holy, 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 Lord God Almighty, who was and is and is to come. Verse 9, whenever the living creatures give glory, there it is, give glory and honor and thanks to him who sits on the throne, who lives forever and ever, the 24 elders 
watch this, fall down before him who sits on the throne and they worship him who lives forever and ever and cast their crowns before the throne saying this, you are worthy, O Lord, to receive glory and honor and power for you created all things and by your will they exist and were created. I love this. My preacher wants to come out and say the only reason you and I are here is because he willed for you to be here today. Everything is sustained and is existing because our God who is in heaven chose and willed for you to be alive today. You are a chosen generation. You are on the earth for such a time as this for God to use you in a way that no generation ever has. God has picked you by his will. Praise God. Praise God. I'm here because God chose me to be here in this hour. Come on, ain't nobody tell me I ain't got no purpose. If I got breath in my lungs, God has me here for a reason. The title of my message is this, Come Up Higher. Come up higher. Notice that right there. Come up here. Come up here. Come up higher. You know, we've been seeing these manifestations of the glory of God. Last week, we had a service. Kenneth Estrada. How many enjoyed Kenneth Estrada? Come on, that was amazing. Kenneth Estrada was, uh, was here and the glory of God filled the room. And not only that, but there was a Sunday morning at Ramah where it was right before Winter Bible, where we were singing, and Anthony began to sing a song with the word holy. And it happened, and all of a sudden, the glory of God filled the room, and everybody knew it. By revelation, everybody's like, something just shifted. Something just changed. And then yet again, Miss Lynette's service, I think it was a, a Tuesday, I believe, she started, we started singing Alpha and Omega, we give you all the glory. And then boom, the glory of God filled the room. And then we've seen uh, several in youth where we're worshiping God and the glory of God filled the room. And then we see all around the world right now, people reporting just these drops of revival happening here, Asbury, this college, that college, this church. But then it hasn't. Even I was sitting with Kenneth and Lynette Estrada. I said, has it been happening in your church? And they said, yes. And the, the thing is, is that we just don't know what to do. It moves. And all of a sudden he said, we have two services. And we actually, he said in one of our services, uh, we just didn't end the first service. We just invited the second service in to partake in what the glory of God was doing there. Young generation, we have to understand this because we have to or need to participate right? I don't want to be a spectator. I don't want to sit back and go, wow, good for them, man. That's awesome. No, I want revival here. I want the glory of God to show up in my life. How about you? I want the glory of God to show up in my life. So we need to understand this. So there's this emphasis on glory. I love what John Bevere said. He's a very credible source. He said that he he prophesied in, in a sermon I was listening to, and he said that he saw the glory of God falling like raindrops all in the, uh, of the United States. He said, but all of a sudden the raindrops became more and more frequent. And then all of a sudden it almost became just like just water. And then it just began to fill the nation. But he, what he said was it was coming down in drops. And I think that's so funny that he said that before it began to happen. And now we're seeing drops of glory here and there. And I think, this is me personally, I believe that God is seeing how well 
his people handle it when it comes. And the sad part, if I'm really honest with you, I've sat back and watched people not handle it well. And they don't know what to do. Because really when that kind of glory falls in a room, there's actually only one worthy response. One. It's only one. And that's what I want to talk to you about today. The one worthy response. Is that okay? All right. So the word glory is actually used over 400 times in the Bible. Meaning, let me just say like, God's got a lot to say about himself. <laughs> God's got a lot to say about glory. And this specific word glory, I want to look this up. I'm, I'm going to go uh, Hebrew and Greek on y'all just for a moment. Is that okay? Hebrew word for glory is kabod. Listen to this definition. It means abundance, riches, splendor, honor, reputation, dignity. The word itself just means splendor and majesty. The word splendor means magnificence. The word majesty means beauty. I love this right here because we know that in Ephesians 3 that we may comprehend with all the saints what is the width, the length, the height, and the depth of his love that surpasses our understanding that we may be, what? Filled with the fullness of God. The glory of God is God. You can't separate God from his glory. When God shows up, it's his glory. That's just the proof that God is in the room, right? And so when he shows up, there's an abundance. There's this fullness. And then I love that. Being filled with the fullness of God that you can do exceedingly, what? Abundantly above all that you could ever ask, think, or imagine. And I believe that when the glory of God fills the room and fills your life, you will begin to operate and do things that you could never ask, think, or imagine. Because I'm telling you, no eye has seen, nor ear has heard, nor has it entered into the heart of man all that God has prepared for you. The things he's prepared for you, he prepared all before he, be, he even built this earth. He said, I saw you back then and I've prepared things for you long ago. And there are things for you to step into in this season. And I love this abundance, riches. How many of you know we serve a rich God? And he shall meet all my needs according to his riches. Well, praise God, it ain't by the earth's riches. Though the earth seems to have a lot, but I serve a much richer God. And he supplies my needs, not according to those riches, but his. Come on, you guys are college students. You should say amen. I receive that by faith. Hallelujah. Glory to God. But I love this, the beauty of God. Some people kind of go off when you say God is beautiful and they think, oh, that's weird. But it's really not the beauty of God. I really understand why David said in Psalms chapter 27, verse four, he said, this one thing that I seek, this one thing I ask of the Lord and that will I seek to dwell in the house of the Lord all my days and to what? To behold his beauty. To behold his beauty and to inquire in his temple. Let me just help you out really quick. What you behold is what you will become. And what you become is what you will declare. I can actually tell what you're beholding because of what comes out your mouth. And let me tell you right now, we should sound, talk, walk like Jesus. And one of the greatest compliments that someone I think could receive here on earth is when they say, man, just being around you 
challenges me to be more like Jesus. That's what people should say. You're not Jesus. We are not Jesus. We could never be Jesus. But there should be such an illumination that comes from you that people say, man, I see Jesus. That makes sense, right? Matthew chapter five, it says, let your light so shine before men that when they see your good works, they will glorify, glorify who? Our father who is in heaven, not you. It ain't about you. It ain't about me. Not my name be lifted up, but his name being lifted up. And when my light shines, what is the light that's shining from you? It's the glory of God. It's God in you, right? So when I get God in me, he says, now let that light shine. And when they say your good works, they will glorify the father who is in heaven. And now I know and I understand why Moses cried out in Exodus 33, 18. And he said, please show me your glory. Let me say this. A glimpse of Jesus will save you. But a gaze on Jesus will sanctify you. When you behold him and you see him as he is, you can't help but to get right with him and he purifies you through and through. He purifies you through and through and this is what the Lord is doing. Exodus 33, 18, he says, Lord, please show me your glory, your abundance, your riches, your splendor, your beauty. Moses said, let me see it. And I love, and he, the, the thing is in 33, he's already seen it because in verse 19, God meets with Moses. He says, behold, get ready. I'm coming down the mountain. Prepare bounds. Wash everybody's clothes. Husbands, wives, don't sleep together. Okay, like this, no sleeping, no sex, no nothing. God is coming down the mountain. He put these bounds up, whatever. And then he comes down on top of the mountain. There was lightning and thunders. It kind of sounds like the scripture we first read of what, John saw in Revelation, right? Lightning, thunders, right? And it came down onto the mountain and the people were afraid. But it says Moses went up into the cloud. And then in chapter 24, it says that Moses was sustained in that glory for 40 days and for 40 nights without food or water. He was in God's glory, his manifest presence. And then, so he's already experienced it, but then he comes down after, I think it's like verse 30 or chapter 30, he comes down with the two tablets. When he comes down with the two tablets, he sees the golden calf because Aaron just, just they, they all couldn't wait. They build this golden calf and he gets mad and he breaks them. He breaks the tablets. And so then later, because of the weakness of the people, God just tells him, no, please don't destroy him. Actually, Moses changes God's mind. He says, don't, don't wipe out the people. God was ready to just wipe them all out and start new with Moses. Some of us would be like, all right, I'll be the first, right? But Moses is like, don't do this. Stay faithful to the people. And so Moses changed his mind. But then Moses cries out again, please show me your glory. And what I love is in chapter 33, God comes back down the mountain. Moses goes back up into it. He's sustained again for 40 days and for 40 nights without food or water. He's sustained by God's glory. And God gives him a new, the new 10 commandments. He gives them to him again. But this time when he comes down the mountain, what is incredible in, in chapter 34, his face is illuminating it's shining. And the people don't, they can't even handle it. They're like, bro, put a veil on your face. Listen, if that happened then, why can't it happen now? I mean, if, if the glory of God, we could absorb the glory of God sitting in his presence in such a way that Moses walked away and his face was shining, then surely God is no respecter of a person. He's the same God yesterday, today, and forever. So surely... My face could shine too. Now, do we pray that God put light on my face? No, don't do that. I'll slap you, okay? Don't, don't do that. It's a product of just seeking him. 
of being with him because you want to be with him, not because you want to get something out of him. I am so fed up with people coming to God, treating him like a, like a c- casino slot machine. Lord, gimme, 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 gimme this, gimme that, gimme this, gimme that. And he's like, can I just have your attention for a little bit? And maybe if you like, you give me your attention and I spend time with you and I abide in you and you and me and you walk in obedience for a little while and you're faithful in it, then maybe I'll fill you with things that you could never ask, think, or imagine. And then your, your face could shine with the light of, of my glory and people will come and it'll be amazing. God just wants time with you. And I love what God's response is. Verse 19, when he says, show me your glory. He said, I will make all my good. See, this is God's definition of his glory. All my goodness pass before you. We sing this song, Lord, you are good. It's wrecking me right now. I love it so much. I'll be in my kitchen, just like the guy said he was in his kitchen when he started singing the song. I'll just be, Lord, you are good. And his, I believe we have not even scratched the surface of how good our God really is. He said, I'll have all my goodness pass before you and I will proclaim the name of the Lord before you. And I love when we read on, he puts Moses up, in, up, up, up into the cleft of a rock. Remember, he says in the beginning, come up here. And then he puts Moses up in the cleft of a rock. And then he says, I'll put my hand on you till I pass by. Moses, all he sees is the back of God, but yet it was good enough. I love this definition. The glory of the Lord is everything that makes God, God. Everything that makes God, God, all his characteristics, his authority, his power, his wisdom, the immeasurable way and magnitude of God. One person said it like this. The glory of God is the manifestation of the excellencies, the excellence. It's the best of God, his very best. When God's glory shows up, it's him. It's all that he is. It's I'm telling you, we serve an excellent God. We serve a perfect God. Can I tell you that God never messes up? That God never fails you? That he's trustworthy? The Bible says that he is the one who sits on a white horse and he's faithful and he's true. He'll never leave you nor forsake you. Young people, you need to know this today, that even though you walk through hard times, even though you go through difficult challenges, your God is faithful and he's trustworthy and he's got all power and he's got all authority and he'll take you up out of the fiery clay and he will sustain you. He will keep you. He will feed you. If you can feed a guy with ravens and bring him a hot cake on a rock from a raven, guys, he can take care of you. I'm preaching to myself. Y'all are quiet. My goodness. I love this. The glory of God is described as a light and a cloud. A light and cloud. These are two things that we see. Of course, we see Moses' face shining like a light. Let me read these really quickly. Habakkuk 3, 4. His coming is as brilliant as the sunrise. Rays of light flash before his hands where his awesome power is hidden. 1 Timothy six sixteen says, Who alone has immortality dwelling in unapproachable light? He dwells in unapproachable light. Whom no man has seen or can see. To whom be honor and everlasting power. Amen. First John 1 John 1.5 says, God is light and in him is no darkness. Well, if God is love, it's who he is, then God is light. You can't separate God from light. He is light. So when God shows up, everything that is not light, which is darkness, expels. 
In the beginning was the word, the word was with God, the word was God. All things were made through him. Without him, nothing was made. And in him was life and that life was the light of the world, right? And it says that the darkness couldn't comprehend it. When God shows up in a room, it doesn't matter how far away you are from him or what darkness is living on the inside of you. When God shows up in a room, darkness doesn't know what to do. And immediately you can feel it just pushing out. That's why some people feel uncomfortable in church. They feel uncomfortable, but I'm telling you, God is not a condemning God. A God is all he's simply doing is making you aware of the thing that's keeping you from coming closer. And when you recognize that all you have to do is say, Father, forgive me. And it says he casts that sin into the sea of forgetfulness. He remembers it no more. And all of a sudden you are made righteous, right standing with God. And now he says, now come closer. And you have by every right to come as close as you want to, to him because you are perfect in his sight. Hebrews 12, 29 says, for our God is a consuming fire. The burning bush, I think about the burning bush like Moses is standing there, unapproachable light, consuming fire. Moses is walking into the mountain, the mountain of God, and he sees the, the bush on fire but not being consumed. And God says, whoa, 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 take off your sandals. Don't come any closer. The place where you're standing is holy ground, holy ground. Psalm 27.1 says, the Lord is my light. And my salvation, whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life, and whom shall I be afraid? Just a really quick story. My grandma Bristol, um, it'd be my, my great-grandma Bristol. Uh, amazing story, I'm going to shorten it, though. She was passing away. She was really old. She had um, uh, forgotten all of our names, who we were. And uh, she was in hospice in my grandma's house. And uh, some things had occurred, and they said, hey, she's going to be going uh, here in the next couple days. So me and my family got in a car, <clears throat> and we drove up there. And when we were there, um, we came into the room around her, and uh, we were praying and, you know, just talking to one another. And the hospice nurse was in there doing what she was doing. And my grandma Bristol just all of a sudden just looked sane. She just looked like there was a complete clarity and she looked over at my grandpa and she says, Gerald, she goes, will you shut the blinds? It's getting really bright in here. We all looked. The blinds are shut. They're not even open. And we were like, uh, we looked back at her and all of a sudden she just had this smile. And she was gone. I was like, what? I was, I was, this, I was this teenager. I was like, what just happened? But I knew in that moment, she saw the glory. She saw the light. She was going on to glory, right? Going home to be with the Lord. She saw the Lord and she went on to her forever home. I love what in, in Acts, let me just go off this. Paul is on the road to Damascus and he's got these people around him. And then all of a sudden, this, it says a light shone all around him and it blinded him. And he fell down to the ground. He got down on the ground. He's on the ground. And he hears this voice. It says, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? He sees this light and it blinds him. And, and I asked the Holy Spirit one time, I said, you know, you know, prayer begins where your understanding of the word ends. So when you just don't understand something fully, just pray and ask God and by the Holy Spirit, he'll reveal it to you. And so one day I was reading later on and I said, how come you blinded him, Lord, for several days uh, with your light? 
And I just felt this. This was me. It's not, you can't prove it. So I'm not preaching this as truth. But I just felt the Holy Spirit say, Zach, I wanted to just make sure that the last thing he saw for a while was me. I was like, makes sense. That's cool. <laughs> like, that's cool, God. That's, that's, that's pretty awesome. But I love when he's retelling his testimony later on in Acts chapter 26 to a bunch of people. It says this, uh, Acts 26, 13, at midday, O king, along the road, I saw a light from heaven brighter than the sun shining around me and those who journeyed with me. And when we all had fallen to the ground, watch this, they had all fallen to the ground, but it says that he saw a light brighter than the sun shining around him. Actually, right before this encounter, there's a man named Stephen and he preaches about the glory of God to all these Pharisees and all these people. And at the very end, they still don't like what he's preaching about, about the glory of God, that they pull out some rocks and they start stoning him. And it says there in verse 53 of Acts chapter seven, that Stephen looked up into heaven and he saw the glory of Jesus at the right hand of the father. And there he said, forgive them, Lord, for they know not what they do. I fully believe he felt no rock pain hitting him. I believe he was so caught up in the glory of God for what he was doing. He preached the glory and then saw the glory. Come on, there is no better way to go. You preach the glory, you see the glory, you're with Jesus. Hallelujah. But let me say this, the importance of recognizing. The importance of recognize the glory when it comes. Matthew chapter 17, Jesus is taken up on a mount of, and we call it the Mount of Transfiguration. He goes up there and he's transformed before Peter, James, and John. And then all of a sudden Moses and Elijah show up and he's up there. But right before Matthew chapter 17 is like this prerequisite, this Matthew 16 of talking about the glory. Matthew 16, verse 27, look at this. For the son of man will come. When's that coming talking about? Jesus is coming back, right? We all, Jesus is coming back for the church. Make sure we know that. It's the core truth. Jesus is coming back. But watch this. It says, for the son of man will come in the what? The glory of his father. So recognize the glory is important because it's how Jesus is coming back. And if you don't understand the glory, don't make sense of the glory, and the glory makes you feel uncomfortable, you don't want to leave, you're going to probably really feel uncomfortable when the king of glory shows up on a white horse and you're going to be like, this makes no sense. So right here, it's important. He says, I will come in the glory of his father with angels, and then he will reward each according to his works. Now watch this, Matthew 17, one through nine. Now after six days, Jesus took Peter, James, and John, his brother, led them up on, watch this, led them up, led them up, led them up and high in a mountain by themselves. And he was transfigured before them. His face shone like the sun. There it is again. It shone like the sun and his clothes became as white as the light. Verse five, while he was still speaking, behold, a bright cloud. Everybody say a bright cloud. Overshadowed them and suddenly a voice came out of the cloud saying, this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. Hear him. And when the disciples heard it, they fell on their faces and were greatly afraid. Watch this. They fell down. But Jesus came and touched them and said, arise and do not be afraid. When they had lifted their eyes, they saw no one 
but Jesus only. I want to compare this to 2 Corinthians 4, 6. I love this. It says this, for it is the God who command light to shine out of darkness, who has shown in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus. So how is the glory of God revealed today? Through the face of Jesus. And when we see Jesus, I love what Jesus said. He said, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father because I and my Father are one. And the glory that Jesus walks in is in the glory of his Father. And you and I should be walking in that same glory. You and I should then be uh, consecrated and sanct- uh, sanctifying ourselves before God, that God in the fullness of his glory, it's to the church. Ephesians 3 says, you being filled with the fullness of God, God's glory. That way, when God lives in you in abundance, that light comes from you and that glory that is in you is his. So I love this. For the rest of eternity, you and I will be giving God glory. That word glory is not the kabod glory, it's doxa. It means to make him an audience of one, to come before him in reverential adoration. Guys, in this season, God is calling us to make him an audience of one. He's causing you and, ca- and calling us to come to him with reverential adoration. He doesn't want you to just come in sitting on your phone, scrolling Instagram, just coming in here because you're looking for a date. God wants you to come to his house to give him glory. And the way we give him glory is by receiving his glory and putting out his glory for from him, through him, and back to him, everything wills and exists for him. Are you guys catching? Are you guys okay? Can I just have you a little bit more? So what is our response? This is what I wanted to get to. What is our response? You can have someone coming up on the keys. What is our response? Isaiah 6.1, Isaiah sees this. It says, in the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord on a throne high and lifted up and the train of his robe filled the temple. Above it stood seraphim. Each one had six wings. With two, he covered his face and with two, he covered his feet and with two, he flew. And one cried to another and said, holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. But watch this. The whole earth is full of his. Come on, full of his. It's the whole earth. Isaiah saw this long ago. He said, I saw the Lord high and lifted up the train of his robe, filling the temple. And he says that all then began to cry, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God almighty. And when you continue to read, it actually says that the voice of the one speaking shook it shook the doors, it shook the door hinges of the place because it was so abrupt. It was so magnificent, the glory and honor that they were giving to God. And he, then he says, I saw the whole earth filled with his glory. Verse four, and the posts of the door were shaken by the voice of him who cried out and the house was filled with smoke. It was just a couple weeks ago on our crusade. Pastor Hagen was in a service on crusade and Um, I'm just so thankful for our pastor, a man who knows God. He's up there and he said, for the first time in his service, he said, I see it. I I see the glory. He said, I see the glory. And I'm telling you, God's glory wants to manifest. God wants to reveal himself generation 
we're in a time that the, the ministry is not just coming through good speakers. The ministry that is to take place in this season is God himself showing up. He did it then, he'll do it now. Job, he argued with God for months. Why did you do this to me? And all of a sudden God shows up and he goes, were you there when I ripped the Leviathan out of the sea with a hook? Were you there when I made the turtles? Were you there when I made the sun? Were you there when I did that? And Job all of a sudden steps back and he goes, whoa. He said, I've only known of you, God. He said, but now I see you. I love Ezekiel chapter one. He said, I saw the glory of God from the temple. And he said, I fell down to the ground. Watch this, the response, I fell down to the ground. Abraham in Genesis, when God came and passed through the sacrifices, it says Abraham fell to the ground. In Revelation chapter one, verse 17, he said, I was in the spirit on the Lord's day and I said, I saw one like the son of man, his eyes like flames of fire, his hair as white as wool, his voice like many waters. And he said, when I saw this, he goes, I fell to the ground as dead. Psalm chapter 24. Let's open it. Psalm chapter 24. Do I have it? Did I give you guys that? Go to Psalm chapter 24. I want to show you the response that we have. Psalms chapter 24. I'm going to read it off screen. Watch this. The earth is the Lord's and all its fullness, the world and those who dwell therein. Next verse. For he has founded upon the seas and established it upon the waters. Keep going. Who may ascend into the hill of the, watch this. Who may ascend into the hill? Remember, I said, we gotta come up higher. He put Moses in the cleft of the rock. He brought uh, Peter, James, and John up onto the mountain. It's talking about going higher, going higher. And I love this. Who may ascend the, uh, the hill of the Lord? One translation says, who shall ascend the mountain of God? Moses, he ascended up into the mountain of God, into the glory of God. And it says, or who may stand in his holy place? Verse, next verse, here it is. He who has clean hands and a pure heart, who has not lifted up his soul to an idol nor sworn deceitfully. Keep going, I'm gonna read this whole thing. He shall receive blessing from the Lord and righteousness from God of his salvation. This is Jacob, the generation, there you are right there, the generation of those who seek him, who seek your face. What is the glory of God? It's the face of Jesus. Who seeks the face of Jesus? Lift up your heads, O you gates, and be lifted up, you everlasting doors, and the king of glory shall come in. Keep going. Who is the king of glory? Who is the king of glory? The Lord's strong and mighty, the Lord mighty in battle. Lift up your heads, you gates. Lift up, you everlasting doors, and the King of glory shall come in. Who is the King of glory? The Lord of hosts. He is the King of glory. Selah, keep going. Is that it? Praise God. He's the King of glory. But I love this right here. What is he commanding us to do? He said, who shall go up? Guys, this is what the Lord spoke to me. He said, the only way to come up higher is for you to go lower. Because every single time God's glory showed up, 
the only one who was able to go up was the one that was humble and right with God. I want to say this. God is coming back for a church and a bride without spot or without wrinkle. There's only one way that you will be purified inside and out. And that's when you see Jesus. When you see Jesus, remember a gaze, a glimpse will save you, but a gaze, it'll sanctify you through and you through. When God, this is what God is doing. You ready? When that happens again and God's glory shows up, here's what he's saying. He comes in and shows you who he is and he makes you aware where you are not with him not to condemn you but to just say hey let me have the things you've been struggling with I'll eliminate them and when he takes rid of those sins and you're made right you can come closer to him guys the whole bible the whole bible has one message. God saying, I want to be with you. That's the whole Bible. Everything that we read, he just says, I want to be with you. But there's only one way to be with him. James 4, he says this, draw near to me, I'll draw near to you. But he said, those who have clean hands and a pure heart. Matthew chapter five says, the pure in heart shall what? They shall see God. I've been praying every single day, two prayers. Psalm 51, create in me a clean heart, O God, renew a steadfast spirit within me. And I've been praying again, another Psalm, search me, O God, point out the things within me that offend you. God, I just wanna be holy. Guys, it's not been easy. 30 days of praying that prayer, there are some things coming up that hurt. And I thought I dealt with long ago, but they came up by the Holy Spirit. And I went to those people. I made phone calls, y'all. And I said, so-and-so, I'm sorry I ever did this to you. And they were like, I haven't talked to you forever. I said, I just want to let you know I'm sorry. Because in this season, I don't want anything in the way when God's glory shows up. I want all of him. And so with every head bowed and every eye closed, just for a moment. If you say, Zach, I have some things that are keeping me from God. But I'm ready for God's grace, God's mercy, God's spirit to wipe me clean of those things. I want to ascend the mountain of God. I want to be ready when the glory comes. If that's you, I want you to raise up your hand. Thank you for that. Come on, raise it up boldly. Come on, raise it up boldly. Come on, nothing to be ashamed about. Come on, you're getting right with God. Come on, lift it up high. Here's the thing. Here's what I want you to do. I want you to come down front, and I want you to find a place on your knees. Come on, those of you who just raise your hand, come down front. Thank you so much for joining us. We believe that through this message, you were inspired and encouraged to grow in your daily walk with God. See you next time on the Raymond Young Adults Podcast.